Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Ever feel like your business is a ball and chain tied to your ankle, that without you, your business will just not be the same. You ideally would love to step off the floor just a little, spend a little more time working on the business, not in it, maybe spend a little bit more time with your family or the other things in your life. But how can you do this if you don't truly trust your team to keep things moving forward when you're not there? How can you get the balance right between being away from your salon while continuing to have a growing, thriving business? Well, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Feline Wells. She has a salon in Denver in the US. She's a living example of how you can transition from the salon floor, step into your role of the salon CEO without sacrificing your team or the growth of your business. In fact, Feline is moving away from her hometown in Denver to the gorgeous country of Spain, stepping into a new phase of being away while having full control of her business. After the pandemic, Feline wanted something more. Her salon needed to level up to continue to thrive. So if you want to set up more systems and processes that allow you to create a little more space in your life for working on the business, maybe more balance, more space for the family, life outside of business, then let's listen to Feline's journey as she shares with us. Let's dive in and meet Feline. Feline, thank you so much for joining me at the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Really pleased to have you here and have you back. Thank you. It's so awesome to have the opportunity to be back. Appreciate it. Well, for those that haven't met you, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a high level? Who are you? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? Just a little bit of a bird's eye view into a day in the life of Feline. Sure. Um, so I'm Feline Wells and I own a salon called Let Them Have It Salon in Denver. Um, we're the third salon in the world to be a certified B corporation. And um, I've been in the industry for about 19 years, worked behind the chair for most of that time. I've been retired from behind the chair for three years now. Um, and now I just wanted to be on this podcast to kind of help inspire owners on how to become more absentee. Yes, absentee in a good way, in a, in a growth kind of a way. Yes. And um, um, you know that this is a topic that is close to my heart, something I talk about a lot. But I do think it still is a real challenge to find the balance for owners between you know, the need to fulfill the job of serving clients, it's what we got into the industry for in the first place, and actually having the time and space to grow the business. And as a result, I see too many owners feeling like the business becomes a ball and chain. They're stuck to it. They can't walk out of the business for a day. They can't walk out of the business for a week uh, or have a holiday. And my benchmark was always, can I walk out of my business for six weeks and come back and still find it all in one place, you know, working really well? That was my benchmark that I always uh, had in my mind. And something that you and I talk about a lot and share in common is this belief that systems and processes shall set you free. Yeah, right? gives you choice. So I really am I'm keen to talk about this with you today because you are about to do something 
super exciting, super brave, and a little bit daring. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Spain? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my husband and I, after 2020, you know, I'm sure a lot of service industry professionals in all salons and coffee shops, we also owned a coffee shop in the cafe as well, um, felt the pressures of the pandemic and just, it was exhausting. And the hustle was so exhausting and trying to keep the businesses afloat. So my husband and I sat down after New Year's and we're like, what are we doing with our lives? Like, this is feeling a little like we're on a hamster wheel and we're not going anywhere. And it kind of feels like we're just constantly investing our personal money in the businesses and had to take out our IRA just to help support the business during the pandemic. And I thought, you know what, <laughs> like we got to find an exit plan here. Like we're middle-aged, like let's, let's start thinking about that. And so we started kind of looking at the map and said, where we want to live. We love Europe and we just wanted to move to Europe. And so we felt Spain was the most, the choice that aligned with our values and what we're looking for. So we set off towards that goal. And part of that goal was how do we exit, right? Like we have three businesses. How are we going to exit? And so, you know, I Googled like, how do you sell a business? <laughs> and um, this company came up called Exit Factor and they help you basically like create this valuable business to sell. And so we went down that path. And as I was going down that path, I realized I should have done this in the beginning. Like I should have started the business to have this idea of how to exit. And that would have made it easier to delegate tasks and easier to walk away and easier to know who I'm supposed to hire and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so the whole having an exit strategy became a really big thing for us. We also had that pressure of needing to sell the businesses too. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where it. we're at. <laughs> I think having an exit plan and having the choice to execute on the plan or not, as the case may be, uh, is also uh, was also part of my journey. And it's something that now working with owners in Salon Mastery is something that we do right at the beginning is think about what, what is the goal at the at the end here? Like what we shouldn't be any in any race unless we know the finish line. Now whether you cross the finish line and decide to do that, it doesn't actually matter. So yeah. for me, it looked like uh, five years before I sold, I set a five-year plan and said when I got to the goal, which actually, funnily enough, was 2020. I sold before uh, I sold before that, but there was a 2020 plan. And when I got to the five-year mark, um, I wanted to have the choice: I would either duplicate or I would sell. And I think we feel empowered and focused and, and with direction when we have choices, mm -hmm. and it gives us a clear point, uh, a clear north star if you will of what we're doing and the choices that we make along the way would you agree I love that yeah and it's like you're really acting out of um, clarity and you have a different focus that way instead of desperation and just needing to you know you're just basically hiring because you need somebody and you're not really thinking clear on what your end picture looks like um, so yeah I definitely agree with that for sure yeah I love it all right so start with the end in mind is, yes. uh, is, is, num is number one. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about this idea of systems and processes setting us free because you're about to head 
um, to Spain, but you're keeping your salon yes. and you're going to manage it from afar. And one of the things that you said to me, which um, I wholeheartedly agree with, is documenting everything. So talk to me a little bit about this idea of systems and documents and all of the things. Yeah, yeah. And so when we went down this journey of the exit strategy, I started to think is my position of like, how can I, how can I even train anybody what I do? Because I didn't even really know because I was constantly doing a different thing, wearing a different hat every day, all, the, all day long. And so I sat down and made a list of every single thing I did. And, um, and how can I sell that to a potential new buyer? Right. And so because I had this thought of selling the salon, um, I wanted to keep it the same. And so I divided what I did into three different roles. Um, I had the director of operations role. I created a job description for it, job responsibilities. And then I created an interactive training manual on Google Docs um, that had hyperlinks to resources and had step-by-steps. Um, and we still use it today as like a working document and a reference tool. And then I also have a... Um, so the lead of cultural development and marketing is another role. And so that role, um, you know, outlines all the marketing systems, our culture, um, our B, B corporation that we want to keep. Um, and then we have another role, which is director of education. So that role like helps to onboard um, new team members. They help to make sure that everyone is performing above our standards and so I basically looked at it as three different roles and I didn't really think of it so much as I'm going to define this role around a person at the salon. Instead, I defined it by how I want it to be and how I think that the business can continue going on without me. Um, and then I would train that person, whoever they might be, um, to these different skill requirements. So that took a good like two years to really train every single thing that I did. Um, and I started off with like, you know, gradually becoming absentee. So it's been a long journey. It's been like start off as five days a week, you know, and then went to four days and then three days a week and then two days a week. And now I'm no, not really going in at all. I don't even have a car anymore. So <laughs> um, can't go in. Um, but I go in once a week, <laughs> once a week for like an hour to meet with them. And um, as I told them, like, it's going to stay the same. Once I'm in Spain, we're just going to do it over Zoom. And, you know, we'll have an agenda for each leadership person and then ask them how things are going, set deadlines. And so, so far, it's been working out incredible. Like, I mean, I, as I've noticed, like the more systems that you have in place that you can train on, like the more that you can empower them to kind of make it their own and be, have that creative freedom to really shine in their position um, and do better than what you even train them in, you know? And so I see that happening at the salon. Um, Kelly is our director of operations and she's the one that I presented the offer to buy it um, in December. I actually listed the business and everything. Um, and it just, it didn't work out for her to buy it yet. And so I personally felt like I don't want to sell it to anyone else um, because I know our salon is 
I feel personally like our salon is a different kind of salon where we're team-based, um, you know, we're a B corporation, we're super sustainable. There's a lot of things there that I could see a business owner cutting down on like, you know, wages and that kind of stuff to make a profit. And so I just felt like I can't do that. You know, um, it's, I'd rather sell it to somebody that has that same love and compassion for this business. So I yeah, told her and understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, that's fine. But I want to make sure that uh, I'll just do like this owner, owner boot camp with you, like a one-on-one, like this is how to run a business. So by the time, you know, we revisit selling, which I do want to sell in probably three years or so, um, then she'll be ready. I'll be ready. And it'll be a better picture. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Yeah. I really love this kind of this comment that you made around empowering them to be go beyond what they thought was possible. And I, I am sure that this thought came from or the experience you had came from allowing people to be part of creating the process, not just telling them what to do. Would that be a fair yes. comment? Yes. And you know what? It's interesting because I think my initial like I think a lot of salon salon owners might feel this too, but I feel like letting go of the salon, I had such extreme guilt around. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't sell this business. Like are I'm the only one that can do this the right way, you know, and what are they going to do without me? And feeling like this is my business. I should be the one doing all the things. And I think that when I really looked into it, I started feeling like, Oh, this is just my ego, you know, like, I'm really just, I'm having this ego of like, oh, no one else can do it better than me, you know? And the thing is, is like, I really fully believe that the business is where it's at because of the people I've hired and the culture that we've created there. And they have ran with what we have, what we already have and kind of have made it better than what I envisioned. And I think if I was like more micromanaging on every choice that they make, it wouldn't be what it is today. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I, I feel like one of the smartest things that we can do for the right people in our business who have proven that they can step up to the plate is to get the heck out of their way. Yeah. We get in their way way too often. Agree. Um yeah, I often get fired from some of the roles that, you know, are really I've given to somebody else and I just managed to poke my little nose back in there uh, and my team have to fire me and say, get out the way. We don't, 
need you, we're actually fine. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about working on ourselves to create this outcome because this is a little bit of you've spoken about ego. We've talked about getting out of people's way and like going back in there and thinking that we need to be part of it, that maybe we really don't. This takes a little bit of self-discovery and journey, right? Talk yeah. to us a little bit about what that's been like for you. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, it's funny because I've literally and like mentally have let go of so much stuff. Right. And like, I'm literally sitting in an empty house. So it sounds probably very echoey. Um, but I think that it's important. Like, I think the number one step to having a good business or anything is to work on yourself, because I think a lot of times we're the ones that are standing in the way of people being great and us being great. And I think that for me, it took a lot of like self-reflection and really examining kind of what I'm doing to prevent us from letting go of this business, you know, and letting people shine. And so I still like have butt heads with myself, you know, um, my Kelly also just recently, we had a hard challenging conversation about how we need to be charging more. And I'm like, I don't think so. And she's like, you know, just trust me on this. And so we went back and forth. And I think, <laughs> I think it's really about that. I think it's about having hard conversations with other people and being able to take their feedback on the things that you also need to work on. Um, and just realize that you've trained them on what you want to do. And now just you have to let that piece go. I think that I wrapped my salon as my into my identity so much that I felt like if I let that go, I'm not going to feel worthy. I'm not going to have an identity, you know? And I think yeah. that again is ego. And I I've discovered that a lot. I feel like I didn't realize how egotistic I was these past couple of years. And now I'm, I'm trying to let that go just through meditation and journaling and also just like, watching how the salon is and how they feel when they can accomplish something that they didn't know they could accomplish, you know? So it's, it's kind I, of I think too, when you have uh, distance, you have perspective. Yes. You know, when you're in the goldfish bowl, we can't see what's happening. We get too tired to it. We're right in the weeds with it. As soon as you get some to step back from the business a little bit. Now, even I, one of my goals for all of the owners in Salon Mastery is that they work on their business more than they work in it. And yes. I think that's a really important metric because you need to have the distance and perspective from the business to be able to see it as a whole and what it needs next. It's its own living, breathing being. It's not you. It's really yeah. hard to do sometimes. And when you're there daily doing the grind, there's no, there's no gap. There's no distance to have that perspective. So um, I think it's really empowering to what you've done and you know you're only going in there once a week but you're seeing you know you've got people reporting the information you can make really um i think more empowered smart logical data-driven decisions and not emotive decisions would that be a fair comment yeah definitely and i think but i think the hard part is like you're saying when you're working on it constantly it's hard to break away from that cycle and so even though I was at three days a week and then going to two days a week, I'm still like checking on the numbers and checking on the calendar and like, how are things going? And it was, it took quite a bit of discipline for me to outline each day of what I'm going to be working on for myself. What hobbies will I be working on so that I was not in the business and how would I occupy my time, you know? 
Um, so yeah. Um, I love that. I'm going to ask the question now. Um, so what have you filled your time with? Because I, I know that you and I are not alone, but this, you create some space in the gap, especially when your whole identity and life has been uh, established around your business and then there's space and it feels wrong and empty and I, I call it the gap, right? And we need to be a little bit intentional about what we fill it with, but you've got to think yeah. about it and you've got to just, who am I? What do I like? Yeah. I've got a, um, there's a, from my office right now, I can see a tennis club and I look down at it and I go, am I a tennis person? I'm not sure if I'm a tennis person. I think I'm not a tennis person, but like, would I be? It's kind of cool yeah. to be able to re-decide who you are and what you want to do in your yeah. other life outside of your business. So I'm keen yeah. to know what was that experience like for you and what did you fill it with? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Well, I think, you know, I've had a lot of identities for a while because I'm like, okay, I was, you know, doing hair and then I stopped doing that and I was a salon owner to stop doing that. Like, you know, and so I I really enjoy gardening. It's like a huge passion of mine. Um, and I didn't know I would love it so much. I usually would kill things before, you know, and so I'm like, oh, this is really fun. <laughs> you know, and I really enjoy cooking. I really enjoy writing. Um, I definitely have a couple books that I'd like to write. Um, we started a blog for the property that we bought in Spain. Um, cause we, we bought this pretty big size property in the country in Spain and we plan to like renovate it, um, and then garden and, you know, share recipes and share some of the findings that we find in this area. Cause it's kind of a small town it's like not that known in Spain and so I mean we we found things that aren't really our identity but just things that we you know my husband and I like enjoy doing and now he doesn't really work because uh he sold the coffee shop and cafe so it's been interesting because now we went from not being around each other at all to like being around each other 24 <laughs> seven. So, so we've also learned how to communicate <laughs> with each other, you know, <laughs> I love it. Stages and phases of life. Yeah. All right. Um, Feline, what would be a quote, a mantra or something that's like, what's your central focus at the moment? Something you can share with our salon owners. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the biggest quote that I had, like, when I first started the business, a client gave me this quote and I want to get right. So I'm reading it, but so entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life. Like no, most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life. Like most people can't. And I feel like it's finally coming into fruition after nine years of struggle with the business. You know, I definitely had my moments of like, you know, and I'm just going to call this quits. Like this is not for me. Um, and so I feel like it's finally coming into fruition and the weird thing is, is like, it's coming into fruition because I'm finally letting go and removing myself <laughs> from the business, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I really love that a lot. All right. What about um, a book, a podcast, some kind of resource that you think all owners should get their hands on? Um, definitely your podcast because I, not just cause I'm on it, but I feel like it's definitely helped me be a better salon owner. And then another thing is hurting tigers. It's a book by Todd Henry, and it's all about how to lead creative people. Um, cause I think that's a totally different thing than a regular, you know, corporate type of job. Creatives are rebels. And that's what I love about our industry. Um, but it's learning how to kind of communicate with them. 
And then another one is what you do is who you are. Um, and it's by this author, Ben Horowitz. And that was a really amazing book. Ne uh, neither of them are salon books, which I like to get a lot of my inspiration outside of the industry. Um, I always feel like if I just focus on the industry, then I keep doing the same things that everyone else is doing. So I always try to focus on other stuff. Um, but podcast, uh, how to be a better human and unlocking us. Yeah. Nice. All right. We'll get the, uh, the links to all of those and put them in the show notes of this podcast so you can find awesome. them. Feline, I know people are going to want to stalk you and the salon. So what is your dub dub and your socials? Um, well, the salon is called Let Them Have It Salon. And that's letthemhaveitsalon.com. And then my personal, if you want to follow me, is La Casa del Castano. It's, our, um, it's actually the name of our house in Spain. And that's our blog. So it's lacasadelcastano.com. I love that houses, it doesn't happen here in New Zealand. I don't know about where, about where you are, but we don't name our houses here. I kind of no. like that they do that. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, not, not in Denver either. They don't name our houses. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, look, I know you're moving uh, in the very near future. So I just want to say um, my hat's off to you. You've done an amazing job, job. We've been through, I feel like we've been through this journey with you over the last, you know, four or five years of the, you know, the steps that you've taken. And this is just the next step and the next, uh, I guess it's a big step up. And so um, I'm really pleased that you've shared this journey with us. I appreciate oh, it. We'll you. have to check in with you again and see how life is from Spain. <laughs> thank you so much, Larissa. And that's a wrap for this week's episode on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Feline, I always love catching up with you. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time again to share your advice with our salon owners on how creating a lot of freedom and profit in your own life. Because after all, this is why we own a business and work for ourselves, right? Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. I look forward to connecting with you same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.